Hello, hello, and welcome back to Under Further Review. Got a fantastic podcast coming for you guys today. Part three, part three, part three of our series on passions. We're sitting down with our good friend, Bryn Tolliver, talking with her about what she's passionate about. It's going to be really fantastic. Stay tuned. It's going to be awesome. Before we get there, though, make sure if you aren't already, make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you get notified whenever we go live, whenever we have stuff come up. We've got a lot of big things coming for the channel. We're really, really excited for it. So stay tuned. If you're a Boise State fan, stay tuned. If you like The Bachelor, stay tuned. Might have some stuff coming. Really excited for it. But first, let's play that music. Welcome back. So excited to bring this podcast for you today. It's going to be a great one. As always, I'm your host, Nathan Carroll. With me today is not Tyler, our producer and co-host. Tyler is out of town, so we've brought in the most featured recurring guest. At this point, he's practically family with us. How you living, Nick? Um, not bad. It's good to be here. Just got back into town, and I'm happy to be right, yeah. right in the studio. Just came from, from Florida New York, right? How was that? Uh, it was good. It was... Uh, a rush, fast pace, and it's good to be back. Good. You know, slow down. Yeah, glad to have you back. Nick's going to help us uh, interview our good friend sitting to my right here, Bryn Tolliver. How are you living, Bryn? How are you? Good. Good? First yeah. time on the pod. Yeah, First I'm time excited. guest. One of, the, one of the best people I know. She loves Aww, life. Thank you. She is a, a Boise State cheerleader. Mm -hmm. She is a... Are you, are you pre-law? Is that your major? Technically, technically. When you combine everything, it ends up being pre-law. Okay. I didn't know how, because Boise State's weird with the... Yeah, technically I'm stuff. a criminal justice major, but with my minors, it's pre-law. Gotcha. Right. Which kind of leads into where we're going with your passion. Just briefly describe what it is that you're passionate about, why you're like, hey, let's talk about this on the podcast. Uh, so I'm passionate about law, I guess. So, not I guess, I am. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, so over... Um, the past couple of years studying law and criminal justice and everything about the criminal justice system and how things work in it has made me really passionate about um, trying to make changes to it of um, what's not working. Um, the parts that are working, if, you know, the few bits that there are, are, <laughs> you know, doing great. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I think that we can always improve on stuff. And as we've seen from, like, anybody can see if you're following the news, we need to make changes. So right. um, that's, if I could make any changes and impact someone's life positively in my uh, lifetime and course of law, then I would be happy. So Right. And I, I think a lot of us, right, we, we want that idea of, like, how can we make the world a better place? And we all find yeah. that in different ways. What was it that brought you, in particular, to law and going into, because you want to be a lawyer, correct? Yeah. Yeah. And so... What, what drew you to like, hey, I want to go be a lawyer, and that's kind of how I can impact the world and make things better? Um, so kind of a couple different reasons. So the biggest one is actually my eighth grade history teacher. Um, we were just learning about the Constitution, and um, that was kind of my first introduction into um, how everything worked in America, at least. And I was like, oh, this is actually really cool. And I like it a whole lot better than I like math and science. So Don't disrespect if, math now. Right, I, that's, that's my grind. No disrespect <laughs> to math. I'm just not good at it. So I 
was like, yeah, I really like this actually. And so I talked to him a little bit more about it and um, yeah, just kind of got started on that track. I, um, as I talked to him more, he's like, oh, you actually like pick this up really quickly. You should look into doing something with law, no matter what it is. So as I looked into it more, I was like, oh, maybe I'd be a cop or a probation officer or something along those lines. But my dad, the firefighter, did not like that idea. Right, yeah. So <laughs> that kind of went down the drain pretty quickly. And the next option was lawyer. And I've stuck to that since eighth grade. And here we are, about here to go to are. law school. About to go to law school. Do you have any plans for, like, which law school you want to go to? Or are we still too The best one I can get into. The best one. Yeah. What, what is the best law school in the country? Yale. Yale? T- they're ranked number one. Yale is number one. Stanford is number two. And Harvard is number three. Come on, man. Like, can we get some diversity in here with the schools? Yeah. Like, I was hoping you'd throw out, like, a like a Colgate. No. Or you, I, I was rooting for, like, George Washington, George Mason. Yeah, okay. Okay, I, I dig I that. I think they're up there. Yeah, just those, not, like, those make sense. George Washington, George Mason. What, what, what are some of the other ones in D.C.? They've got... Um, well, I mean, Georgetown Law Georgetown is, is right, really yep. famous. Uh, a, they produce a lot of... Howard, the HBCU. Shout, yeah. out Howard. <laughs> Shout out Howard. Shout out Howard. Shout out Howard. The Bison. It's just the Buffalo Bills except yeah. Howard. Um Sorry, when Nick and I get in the booth together, we can't not talk about sports. It's just the just the I was way gonna it goes. try to go through That's the whole okay. colonial uh, conference. Yeah, <laughs> the CAA. Yeah. Um, anyway, so so the off to law school is the next step. Yeah. In the meantime, what are you at? What are you doing right now to kind of help you get to that level where you can become a lawyer, get your feet in the sand? Because it's something that it's not just a, a fever dream for you. You're you're actively like engaged in the process right now, right? Yeah. So. Um, Last fall semester, not last semester, fall semester, I actually did an internship, which was kind of my first step into um, law um, and the criminal justice system. And that was at the juvenile courthouse and detention center here in um, Boise Mm -hmm. at the Ada County Juvenile Courthouse. And that was actually really cool. So I wasn't doing um, a whole lot hands-on with it. Um, I was more like behind the scenes as far as like putting up bulletin boards and stuff. But as soon as I finished those bulletin boards, if I didn't have anything else to do for the day, I got to sit in on court for the rest of the time. Oh wow! So there was a solid two weeks where um, my supervisor was on vacation. And so um, I got to sit in on court almost every day, which was super awesome to see um, how the process worked and how it affected um, the families there and how the different judges um, handled similar situations or even different ones. So another part of it was interviewing the families after they um, had started the process of getting into the system. So um, trying to figure out how we could make it easier on them because um, obviously it's a hard time. They don't really know right. what's going on. And for a lot of people, that's their first time in um, involved in court, right. um, which is really scary for them. And so I would go out and talk to them afterwards and see um, what they thought of the process, if they had any questions, what we could do on our end that was better, that would help them understand um, what was going on and see kind of what they think would help their child um, in the long run. Um, and then the last part, which was probably my favorite part, was I got to go into the detention center and do ride-alongs with probation. Oh, wow. So that was really cool. And so going back into the detention center, I got to see intakes and outtakes and transfers and um, just their day-to-day life, going to school, going to the gym, their meals and stuff like that. So 
Um, it's definitely a different world back there, but luckily for um, the kids, they don't usually spend as long of a time in there. I right. think um, the longest or like the average stay there is usually about a week. Okay. And for most kids, it's in and out within a couple of days so that they can get back to their families in the raining court. Wow. So. And so you, since doing that internship, you've integrated into kind of a new role in the world of law, right? Yeah. So that. now I have an actual job. So Make I'm, that money. Yeah, I'm yeah. a big girl now. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, so I'm doing, I'm a legal assistant for the Boise County Prosecutor's Office, which is up in Idaho City. Right. So a bit of a drive, but a beautiful drive. There um, you go. So that's really the best nice. Out of it. Exactly. Um, and so I'm doing a lot more legal writing with that and um, more helping the prosecutors hands on rather than um, just kind of observing what is happening. Gotcha. And so in your job now, how is it something that you found it's kind of pushing you and inspiring you every day? Like, yes, I feel like I'm on the right path. Or is it something like where, where are you at in your job in terms of it kind of building you towards your future? And like your thoughts and feelings about it? I like it a lot. I was really nervous for it at first because this isn't uh, the position that I'm in isn't usually held by people of my age. And so I didn't know necessarily how it was all going to work out. And I'm only part time. And the full-time assistant who does the same job as me is in her 40s. So there's a huge age gap of where you could Wonder be kid. doing that <laughs> job. And so it was really intimidating at first. But it since being there in November, it's definitely assured me that I'm on the right track of what I want to do. So if I had gotten into that job and I was like, I absolutely hate this, and I probably would have freaked out and cried and sat in my room for the rest of college because I had no idea what I was right. doing with my had, life. I had one of those classic like college breakdowns if I don't know what I'm doing with my life, which, by the way, you don't have to know what you're doing with your life. The only person I've ever met, and I've, I've met two people in my life who knew what they were doing. One of them's sitting here in the room. Nick has been wanting to be a teacher since he was like two, I think. Some, somewhere so, around there. Something like that. And now he's a teacher doing exactly what he wanted to do. And um, I have another friend who is the same thing. But... Uh, yeah, I mean, like you don't have to have life figured out, but you have life figured out. It seems like it seems you like certainly you certainly don't, but it, it is cool. <laughs> and, and not even shut down. Not even just like for me specifically, but just this what you're saying right now, because then you can try out different things within that field, right? My sister, like me, is a teacher and also knew that for a long time, mm -hmm. but she thought she wanted to teach really young kids. She got into college and decided she likes teaching fifth grade because that's where the best experience is. And coming out of college, she became a fourth and fifth grade teacher. Right. So those sort of things, I think, are good because you don't know exactly what you want to do. And as you're getting different experiences, you can kind of narrow your focus a little bit. Yeah. And that's kind of the whole point of law school is you take a little bit of everything your first year. You take everything from constitution to criminal to tax law. And so you can kind of narrow down what kind of lawyer you want to be. Um, and just based off of my experience, the past um you know, a few years back, I think I want to be a criminal lawyer, but for all I know, I could get to whatever class in my first year of law school and say, hey, I like this a lot better. I think I want to do that instead. Yeah. So where you're at right now, where do you feel like in terms of where you can make the biggest impact? You mentioned going into criminal law. Do you want to be like criminal law on the defense side because you want to be able to help people who 
maybe can't represent themselves? Do you want to be maybe like criminal law, like prosecution side? Like where where kind of do you feel like right now is where you're you're being drawn to with this passion of yours? I think I would do prosecution at this point just because that's what I'm used to and I see how much of an impact we have on the victims of these crimes. Mm. And that has been super impactful to me. Um, but we're also in a city where, you know, this kind of stuff happens pretty typically and so it's not big cases it's like oh your dog your dog is barking too late and it's annoying me so I'm gonna file citation against you so that's like the kind of daily stuff we get um but if I would actually love to do defense as well but um if you've heard of Brian Stevenson at all he um is a defense lawyer right. who does pro bono work for people who are in jail and are innocent. Yeah. So I want I would want to do something um, more along those lines as far as defense goes and not necessarily um, defending people who could honestly be going either way. Right. So it, you're in uh, remind me of his name again. Brian uh, Stevenson. Brian Stevenson. Thank you. He uh, for those who don't know defense lawyer he he's become really famous because he's been taking uh people in the south who are a lot a lot of times facing the death penalty and he Mm -hmm. ultimately believes are innocent and most of the time they are innocent um and a lot of times i know it's tied to like them being racially charged issues Mm -hmm. and so he's been dealing with that and so that's something that you feel like is that if you decide to go down that path like where do you feel like you can make that impact for the people like Brian Stevenson's found it in people who, you know, a lot of times are poor and, and black in the South. Is there any kind of like community like that that you've felt like attached or you've seen like the, the you've seen that there's a need for that in life or you just kind of. Well, I think that's one of the biggest um, like needs or that group has the biggest need in the criminal justice system right now. I mean, that's what we see um, on the news all of the time is people, you know, being racially charged for silly crimes or being called out by ridiculous people for barbecuing in the park. So um, that's definitely one of the biggest groups of people that need it. But there's also um, people, there's so there's something called the school to prison pipeline for kids. Mm-hmm. And this is how most children, juveniles end up in the criminal justice system is based off of where they live or their family income or whatever it may be. They feel like they have no other choice other than to commit crimes. Right. And so they end up in jail all of the time because they're stealing food for their family or because they end up in the gangs or for whatever reason. And then as soon as they get out, they're committing other crimes because again, right. they feel like they have no other choice and they might not have an after school program or might not be you know, needing, feel the need to go to school or whatever it may be. And then they end up back in the system and it just is a continuous it, yeah, cycle a continuous from then cycle on. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. I've seen the wire. So yeah. I'm seeing the wire, I should say. So I've been there on the flip side. If you do decide to go prosecution, will you do me this favor? Okay. Have you seen the video of the bagel shop guy? Yes. Will you prosecute the hell out of this man? <laughs> like, uh. I, uh, jokes aside though. I mean, I think and, and please let me know where you stand. I think that oftentimes it seems so admirable to, to be on the defense side, to represent you know people who uh, a lot of times they can't represent themselves or they need mm-hmm. the representation. And it is, and that's good. Yeah. But I think so often you're currently working on the prosecution side. Mm-hmm. I think people don't realize how important that side is of things. They're often seen as the bad guys, but in reality yeah. they're the ones that are kind of 
trying to help society just as much, right? Like everyone's trying to help. Talk about you currently being on prosecution where you can find the benefit, how you feel like you can make an impact going in on prosecution side of things. Yeah, I mean, like like I said, we try and help the victims as much as we can. Um, we have a victim witness coordinator that works directly with our office um, who goes out to scenes where um, a crime has happened or even just you know, uh, if someone, if a family member is lost, um, then she can go out and help comfort the family in Mm -hmm. any way that she can. Um, but I think that that is helping the victims and helping the community around, um, like that it's in would be the most impactful for me. Um, just cause like we've seen as you know, I've mentioned a lot, we see in the news all the time, how, you know, people are being charged for things that they shouldn't necessarily be charged for, and it's not fair. And I completely agree with that. But at the same time, there are actual crimes happening, and that's right. what we see. Um, and so, you know, crimes can get dismissed if, you know, you didn't do it. But if there's hard evidence that you did do it, then you're going to go to trial. And so that's what that's the side that we see of it, um, which when we actually catch those people, when someone comes in and something really traumatic happened to them and we can help put the person who did it to them behind bars, like that is reassuring to me. Right. Yeah. And you you talked about the victims, you know, let's, let's say somebody was, was robbed, their, their house got broken into, you know, as a family, that's a really traumatic thing, right? Your home is one place that you feel the safest and yet you have someone coming and breaking into your home that having the reparations of seeing that person who did this wrong to you has to be good is it, I, I can only imagine it's kind of a good feeling like, Hey, you know what? We're safe. Like the bad guys off the streets. Do you have any particular experiences where you've met or been around victims of a crime that you guys were able to essentially put the perpetrator away and, and just kind of, it had like an impact on you. It had like a lasting impact. Do you deal with the, the victims at all much in, in your specific role? Yeah, so when um, victims come into the office, I'm usually the first face that they see. So um, even just making sure that I'm smiling can help brighten their day when Mm -hmm. it's something that if they're they're usually coming into court when they're coming into our office, which um, can be really scary for them because this is something that they don't want to go through. Um, So even just doing that can be really helpful, but um, also helping them out when I'm assisting in if we're ever down in Ada doing a trial, then I'm usually the person that comes down to help since I live in Boise. Um, And so I then deal with the victims, just kind of answering any questions that they might have about the process or um, getting them food or letting them know what's going on next in trial or how things are going with the jury and things like that. Yeah. And so do you feel like getting to, to work with them and see the victims and, and what they're going through? Is that something that's kind of pushed you towards? Like, yeah, prosecution, like it, it might be pretty decent. Like, it might be a side that, that's worth for me building towards. Yeah, I mean, the vic- like the victims that are appreciative of what we do are definitely make it worth it. So Yeah. Is there any one particular experience you're like, wow, that family? Like, I still think about that. I don't know if I can talk about the specifics of it, so you might yeah, want to cut fair. that out. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to backtrack a little bit. My question, because the way you're talking about this job and especially with, you know, the age gap between you and your coworker, how did you find this? Did you stumble upon it? Were you recommended for it or did you look for this specifically? So this was actually posted in the Boise State pre-law group. Um, and so I joined, kind of 
joined this. I found this. Uh, one of my friends dragged me to the fair at the beginning of the year that Boise State has that has all of the clubs and stuff. I forget what it's called. Um, but he, like, dragged me up there to the ballroom and was like, no, like, just come see what's around. And that was one of the only clubs that I was interested in at the time. And so I got the information. I joined the Facebook group. I can't go to any meetings because they're all during cheer practice, but I still get the information. So this was actually posted on there. Um, and they're like, oh, here's all the information for it. This is who you should contact if you're interested. It's an hour away, but it, it would be a really good job if you're looking to go into law. And so I was like, okay, I'll look into it. And so I emailed the deputy prosecutor who was the one hiring. And I was like, hey, I'd love to meet you and get some more information on this and, you know, see if this is something I would be interested in. And so we met up for coffee. He gave me some more information. And he's like, turn in your resume and you're hired. It's like, okay, sounds good. It's a good deal. It's always nice when the interview process is like, hey, if you just give me a resume, you're fine. You're yeah, sure. I went up for an interview, but it was more for um, formalities rather than anything else. Right. So that was really nice. And yeah. Very fun. <laughs> so one of the things that one of the themes we've touched on with this passion series is the difference between a passion and a hobby, right? We, we what we've kind of defined it as is a hobby is something that it doesn't get hard, right? Like mm -hmm. if you're so so we've started brewing beer, right? Like if all of a sudden brewing beer got really hard and it, it took us it took away from our school and, you know, it, we just didn't like it anymore. It would be something that we would just drop. We don't fight through the tough times, so to speak, right? Like right. When things get tough, you can drop it, and it's not a big deal. Whereas with something that you're passionate about, you kind of fight through, fight through the bad times. Mm -hmm. Have you experienced so far in your process, like pursuing this career in law and becoming a lawyer, have you experienced hard times so far or times of self-doubt? And if so, how did you kind of get through those experiences? Yeah, so during the winter time, it's was hard for me some days to get up and get out to Idaho City because it's an hour away and with the snow sometimes it can be longer if you have to drive slowly and so that means that I have to leave my house by 6 45 or 7 every morning and I get up at 5 30 to get ready which is not always fun especially if I had a late night at a basketball game or studying or whatever it is right then so those days were really hard, and I was like, I don't know why I'm doing this. I don't know why I'm here. <laughs> I don't want to be here. But as soon as I got up there and got through it, I was, I'm was. i so glad I stuck with it. Um, just knowing that, you know, this is what I want to do, and some days are going to be good, some days are going to be bad. But in the long run, I know I've wanted to do this for, you know, this is the only career that I've really ever wanted to do right you know other than being a princess of course like when i was five <laughs> be a sick career i know yeah, right <laughs> like that would be really awesome <laughs> yeah or i also wanted to be an astronaut but that seemed really unrealistic for me so hey you know what they say about being I, realistic i don't do heights so. <laughs> well, well okay then that's fair that's fair Ooh. the other thing with being an astronaut do you like that's tough and space wouldn't be fun like, like being a lawyer, you can live a normal life. Like if you're an astronaut and you're spending six months at a time up yeah, in space, you're like true. pooping in bags and stuff. Ew. That doesn't, 
like the glamorous part of being in a rocket sounds cool, but when you really think about being an astronaut, it's like, oh, yeah, I'd not get through so like fun. takeoff, and I'm like, okay, that's it, the show's <laughs> over, I'm ready to go back. But being a lawyer, you're making a, a legitimate impact on the world while also just kind of, you know, living yeah. a normal human life, so it's a little bit better. Yeah, and like so, back at the juvenile courthouse, there was one correctional officer. Um, his name was Bill, and he's been there. Uh, longer than I've been alive. Nice. Um, and so he has made probably the biggest impact I've seen on anyone in the system, um, especially with the juvenile. So every um, juvenile that gets put into the detention center at the time, he will make it make sure that he goes to talk to them directly and get to know them, talk about their family and, you know, see if he can figure out if there's any way that he can help them just kind of get to know them um, and see what's going on. And he wants to help them get out and stay out of the system. And he's actually had a lot of success. So when I was there, I got to talk to him for like three hours and I got to read through like a three inch binder of letters that, former inmates had sent him of how they had gotten out of the system and changed their life around and everything was all good. They had a family of their own and they were doing really well in life. And so that was really assuring to see. And that was probably the first time that I had considered like, okay, I can actually make a difference in people. Like maybe it won't be as a correctional officer and maybe it won't be as a police officer or as a defense attorney getting someone out, but like, no matter what I do, I want to do, you know, even a quarter of the amount of what he's doing. So that was your, I mean, you you already, you pretty much just answered the question I was about to ask. But that was kind of your moment then. Yeah. That was like, this is this is what motivates me. Like, when you have those 530 mornings, you kind of think back to that moment. And mm-hmm. It's like, okay, that's why I want to do this. Yeah. Because I think that's, for so for so many people that they find what they want to do, I think for most of us, we have that moment. I, I don't know. Nick, I don't know. Did, did you ever have that moment when you're uh, like, yeah, absolutely. I want to be a teacher? Yeah. Yeah. Like, so it, we always like to, to talk to people, see what that moment was for them. How long in the process were you before you had that moment? How long were you pursuing, legitimately pursuing, not just interested, but pursuing a career in law before you finally had that That moment? was fall semester of last year. So okay. that was, and that was towards the end of it too. So um, I was... That was probably beginning of November, maybe. Okay. Um, before I had that moment and got to talk to him. Um, and believe me, all of the officers in there that I got to talk to, they make a great impact and do a great job at their jobs, I think. Um, you know, they you can tell that all of them care a lot and want right. to be there and want to help the kids. But I can also see how um, with Bill, he's a supervisor, so he doesn't he chooses to go interact with the kids. Whereas with some of the correctional officers, if there's one kid that you have to interact with every day and they can be really tiresome for your job, that can be a lot harder. I can imagine that. But so, I mean, you had been at it for years then before you really had that moment, which is, I, you know, it's just such a testament to fight through it, right? Like if if you're going to fight through it, you're going to be able to, to get there and make progress. And now you've set yourself up that you're in a really strong position to go, do things and make an impact. Yeah. And so looking forwards, where do you, if you could just write your life script out now, where do you want to see yourself in 10 years around this passion of yours, 10 years, 20 years, where do you want to be and what's the direct impact you want to be making? 
10 years, I'm hoping to be graduated from law school and working as an attorney. Um, again, we're still figuring it out, but picturing right now I'd be, a, you know, some sort of involved in criminal law, either defense or prosecution, um, hopefully helping people. Uh, 20 years down the road, hopefully I'd be a judge at some point. That okay. would wow. I would love to be a judge um, in the end. I've seen the impact that they can make on it, and in the end, they're the ones that make the final judgment. You know, attorneys can argue all they want for whatever they think is fair for their client or for the community, but in the end, it's the judge that says, this is, you. like, you can either do probation or you're going to jail or, you know what, I'm going to let you off on whatever. Right. So. And it's, uh, that's an idea that I've kind of heard from multiple people I know that are in law is, like, being a lawyer is a good start, but once you become a judge, that's when you can really make an impact. Do you have any particular influences in the world of law that's like, yeah, that's, like, they, I want to be like them? Well, Brian Stevenson is a great one, of course, um, but RBG, the Supreme Court Justice. Yeah, Ru Ruth Bader Ginsburg. We love Ruth. Yeah, that's, that's your girl. What What is it in particular about what she's done that you're like, the, is it is it the way that she's gotten to where she is? Is it like policy stuff or is you're just like, that's, I want to be her? She's just a badass. Like, yeah. have you seen her? She's awesome. But just like, so she just had... Not her in particular, but there was a movie that was just made about her. I was going to ask if you saw it. I haven't seen it yet. I'm literally I was waiting for it to come out because I'm not a huge like movie theater person, but I do like watching movies at home. Um, but I've like watched the previews for it and everything, and I've read tons about her. And she's was uh, made a huge impact with uh, like getting to where she is. Right. So she's awesome. I she's love awesome. Her. That's your girl. So mm -hmm. in 20, 30 years, the next Supreme Court justice, we're going to be inducting in Bryn Tolliver. It's Bryn Tolliver. Bryn Tolliver. <laughs> you, you got it. What, one can your, only dream. What's your middle initial? L. BLT. BL <laughs> okay. That's dope. That's we, we can ride with that. We can ride with BLT. You heard it here first. Yeah. You heard it here first. BLT, RGB, RGB, RBG. Ruth Bader Ginsburg. R -B -B RBG. Yeah, R RGB is... No, RBG. RGB is... No, RBG. RGB. R... Okay. RGB is... Hey, I'm doing some graphic design stuff. What color are we picking? That's where <laughs> my mind yeah, is at. Yeah. RBG, oh. Ruth Bader Ginsburg. <laughs> so talk about if someone listening here, they're interested in the world of law, right? Let's say they're a sophomore in high school. They're like, okay, what steps can I take to try to get there? What advice would you have for somebody who is trying to figure out how do I get into the world of law? How do I get involved here? First of all, don't be stupid because the first question I was asked in my interview is, are you a felon? Have you ever potentially been a felon? And are you friends with felons? What does potentially have been a felon mean? Like, have you committed a crime? Like, have you committed a felony and then have it like either pled not guilty and been not guilty or like had the case been dismissed or something oh, wow. like that. Okay. So don't do anything stupid. Yeah. Don't do anything stupid. That's the biggest one. But so, but what else, what about the process can they do to get integrated here? Um, I would start looking at schools that have a good, um, pre-law program. Mm -hmm. So that wasn't necessarily on my mind when I was looking at Boise state, I was more so looking at 
student life and cheer and football and like what I wanted to do college wise, not uh, career wise. And it's worked out for me, luckily, okay, but it could have ended really badly um, since Boise State doesn't have a true pre-law major or program. So I would definitely look closely at schools that have programs like that and um, just start getting like get involved in following politics, whether you care about them or not. That's a big part of law. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you don't necessarily have to have an opinion at this point and you don't have to really, you know, argue your way to it. But just listening to what people are saying um, is a huge help. Yeah, absolutely. So is there any part of politics? Because politics is such a broad thing, right? Like I'm I'm seeing all this election cycle stuff. It's coming back up and there's all these talking points. Mm-hmm. How much of that do you feel like is relevant to you and your career? Like is Bernie talking about, hey, we need to abolish college debt? When you hear that, you're like, this is something that I'm going to see in court one day? Or is that something you're like, uh, does it really involve where I want to go with my career? I don't know. I don't think that for me it necessarily involves where I want to go. But a lot of politicians are former lawyers right um and so they that is kind of where that comes from um in it and i think that we should have more lawyers in politics because they know what they're talking about there was a girl in my last um proposals and purpose statements class for honors honors Mm -hmm. 390 that i just finished and she wants to um go into congress believe it was um but she wants to go to law school first but she was saying that she um did an internship for um at the idaho state capitol and got to talk to um lots of people over there and people flat out told her i don't know what i'm doing we let the lawyers talk and then vote based off of what they say wild that doesn't make me feel very. yeah that doesn't make me feel very good yeah and so she that's what i said too is um, we were watching videos of her um, introduction. I can show you after, but she was going on and on. And I was like, I, after what she said, I hope that there are more lawyers or at least people who know what they're talking about and are familiar with, you know, the system and politics in politics. Right. Yeah. The like, hey, this bill that I've been pushing to push through, I don't actually know what it says or what it yeah. means. But it sounds really good and it gets me both. Yeah, so right? like you really only know what you're talking about if you've been following politics for a really long time, which is why it's good to get involved early. Um, but also be if you know legal jargon. Like if you know like what one phrase means, then you can apply it to so many other things and you can at least get a gist of what something is saying and not wait for someone else to explain it to you. Would you want to be one of like the, the law explainer lawyers? Like, yo, hey whoever congressperson x this is what this law means this is what this jargon means oh gosh i mean maybe if it was something that i really really cared about and wanted to push through um then yeah absolutely and someone was asking my opinion on it and asking me to explain it then yes i would absolutely do it but i don't know if i would go ever one go into politics um not that it's off the table but i just don't see myself doing it at this point in time right um and I don't know if I would, you know, that's. It's just not, it's not your thing. I get yeah. it. I'm not a, I'm not a huge politics guy. Yeah. It's exhausting. I like watching it and I like, I like watching the presidential debates. Those are really interesting and it's good oh, that I we're talking that. about 
lots of those issues. No, it's good because like it's starting conversations like good or bad. Like people we haven't had conversations like this in so long and so many topics that nobody has brought up or has been scared to bring up like are being talked about. And that's great. It, my, my thing more so is just the way it's set up, right? Like our pol- our political system now, it's all about sounding good instead of actually having no, a conversation. No, absolutely. Like every time I watch one of those debates, like... And no, look, trust me. Like there were tons of candidates that if you have seen them in the past at all um, and their stances, you're like, okay, that was bull and yeah. you need to stop and, talking. And the now. way they're designed are so combative. Right. Yeah. It's, hey... uh. Bryn, Nick said this. Please tell him why he's wrong and he's a horrible human being. And it's so yeah. like it to me. It's so non-constructive. And yeah. I think that's why for me, I'm so I'm so out on politics. Right? Like, obviously, mm-hmm. like I love sports. What I love about sports is like you have your little battle, you have your tough, but ultimately you end up having an end goal. Like at the end of the day, you know you won or you lost. The problem yeah. with politics is a constant battle that no one ever wins. There's and that's only losers. what's so frustrating about it, which is why I don't really want to go into it, but just keeping it in the back of your mind. Like I have all of my like news apps turned on so that way if something important happens, then I know right away and so that I can follow along and have those conversations with people when they're like, oh, like I had no idea what was like happening, but then I can at least explain it to them or bring it up. Yeah. Well, I, for one, hope that if you do go into politics, that we can still hang out and you don't have to bombard me with the political stuff. No, politics stay in politics, friends stay with friends. That's what I like to hear. Let's keep it separate because... Look, I have my political beliefs just as anyone does, but like I don't I don't want to talk about it. That's just not yeah, no. it's not my thing. Like I've got I come from like a family, like my grandparents, God bless them, I love them, but they love to sit around and talk politics and like he said this, she said this yeah. and like they're my least favorite kind of people. No, no, it no offense to your grandparents, me. I'm sure they're wonderful. No, I love my grandparents. Yeah, but no, whenever no, I, they start talking about I, I politics, know what you mean. My parents are the same way. Which I mean, yeah, but at the same time we'll sit here and talk sports and they're probably like My parents sure. are on opposite parties so we just avoid that in my household because my dad will be like oh did you see what trump did today and my mom's like yeah screw him and then my dad yeah yikes you just leave the room see see, the wild thing is my grandparents are both politically aligned but that's good argue over like how politically like they they get into matches but they're on the same (laughs) side they're like they're like Trump did this, and, and that's like, what the that's this. what the presidential debates are about. Yeah. Is everyone's like generally like they're all Democrats and they all like generally agree because they're part of the same party, and then here they are like arguing with each other about it doesn't make any sense. It, it makes work. no sense. I and don't like, get it. I like I understand that there are like pieces of it that like you can agree with and don't agree with, but it's just like funny to watch how. Yeah. Yeah. They're just all and arguing then over Bernie each other. Bernie comes in out of nowhere and he's just like, they're talking about, I, I, I did, I, I watched like probably like 30 minutes of one of the, cause we've had two now, right? Or mm-hmm. have we, yeah, we've yeah, had two. A team and B team. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah okay. Cause there's so many. There's right. There's, there's like there's 20. 20. So there's two, two, 10, 10 person debates. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so I watched like 20 minutes of one and like it was, they were sitting there and they're talking and Elizabeth Warren was like, talking and explaining and all of a sudden Bernie came out of nowhere with like this like essentially he was like we need to have a revolution I was like what just happened like this came so out of left field like it was the <laughs> I he'll be the leader of the area 51 <laughs> yeah exactly 
Yeah, I mean, there, there's some interesting candidates here in the in the Democratic. Have you seen like the Andrew Yang guy? Yang Yang. Yeah, his his big deal is like all about automation and stuff, and how like it's a. Uh, I think his point of view is that it's an issue that he like he thinks that humans are going to become obsolete, which. Oh. Yeah, that like we're going to go so much automation that people won't have jobs. Which I'm of the mindset of, let's automate everything so that none of us have to work. And we can just have robots do everything for us. Yeah, Am but I then, wrong? I mean, <laughs> that's a talk for another time, I guess. And if we do that, does iRobot happen? Yes or no? Yes. Yes. All right. Well, or Wally, maybe. Wally, interesting. Well, no, Wally was Wally. No, robot? if Wally happens, I'm running on the Wally track every a, day. I'm not sitting in one Wally of those is, is humans don't have to do anything and they become fat and they can't get out of their seats. Yeah, their robots, bones like robots disintegrate. Robots do all the jobs and humans are. They trash become, the earth. Yeah. That's so sad. So there, there is a there is a theory on this, and I I can't remember who who theorized it, but essentially the idea, his idea, is that in 30 years. In 30 years, so we're in 2019, yeah. He said by 2050 that 5% of humans would be the ones creating pretty much all the content. Like, since we're going so much towards automation, uh, that really the only things that robots can't create is entertainment, and they cre can't create content. So his theory is that 5% of the American population will be creating all of the content. They'll be the ones, you know, making music, making TV shows, making podcasts. And then the rest of the population will essentially not have jobs or have like minimum wage jobs and just be constant content consumers and pretty much be the, the Wally people. But they will have a 5% of the population be the not Wally people who are still creating the content, which just loophole in there. They're sitting there in Wally, right? They're in their chairs. They're like watching TV and watching movies and stuff. Who's making those TV shows and movies? Years of years of like content just stored up. So they don't streaming. have. They don't yeah. have. So they're just on Netflix now. They don't have any new content. Like what happened? What it's far enough in the future. I mean, I don't. Know. Well, don't you remember? Like, have you seen Wally? Yeah. Okay. Well, do you remember where there's like the part, like the part on TV where they come in and they're like, "Sir, we have to leave right now." Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So there's, like, like the all ship of it is like yeah, like pre-filmed. Oh. Well, that's just disappointing. That's well, okay. All right. I, 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 have, I haven't seen Wally in like four or five years. See, beforehand when we were talking it. about we going, on, going off on the <laughs> yeah, internet, like this is what we were talking about. But this is, this is where the really good quality content okay, comes okay, in, okay. is right in here. Uh, so we do want to finish up with this. Is there just anything, we, you kind of talked a little bit about advice that you'd have for people, don't do anything stupid. If you could just say one thing to a young person or a person of your age interested in law. Mm -hmm. What would you say to that person right now? Oh gosh. <laughs> I know it's a it's a big platform to stand on, but um I would say I guess the biggest thing is just like don't give up. There's a lot it's easy to freak out in figuring out what you want to do here because there's so much that you can do. Like law is a broad term. Like there's so many things that fall under that between lawyers and judges and probation officers and parole officers and correctional officers and police officers and there's politics yeah. and yeah yeah like there's so many like there it's such a broad spectrum so if you want to go into law then start looking at like just start looking into it but don't freak out that you have to have everything figured out right away right. because again even if you figure out your plan like 
you want to be a cop, okay? Do you want to do forensics or do you want to be a detective or do you, like, what do you want to do as a cop? Or if you are going to be a lawyer, if do you want to do tax law? Do you want to do criminal law? Do you want to do constitution law? Yeah. Do you want to be in politics after you go to law school? So it's not something that you have to figure out right away. It's, a scary process because there's a lot that you have to figure out and do, but it doesn't have to be as scary as you make it out to be. And you know what we say about the process? Trust, trust the it, process. Trust the process. TTP, baby. I love that, like, now I've said that so much that my friends, if I say anything involved in the process, <laughs> they just know. They're like, trust the process, TTP. We get it, Nathan. We hate you. It is what it is. But trust the process. I love it. I mean, that's, that's all life is, man. It's trusting the process. Just let it flow. Yeah. So it is a Friday, and since it's a Friday, we have our Friday segment. It's still unnamed. We're, we're, we're coming up with names for it, so if you, if you think of one, figure it out. Uh, it's essentially our top three segment, right? We're going to give you a question. You've got to come up with your top three things, all right? Oh, God. So we've been talking a lot about WALL-E, talked <laughs> about Disney movies and stuff. Yeah. So we can't talk, we, we're not going to do anything involving that. Okay. We, we've been talking about your passion, you know, you love law, and, and you found this career that you feel like you can make an impact in. We're not going to talk about that. Okay. So our, our top three for the day, what are your top three favorite months? Top so you got, three favorite months? Yep. You've got 12 in the year. You've got to figure out what your three favorite ones are. Okay. So we'll give you a little bit of time to think. No, on I it. got you it. You got it? All right. All right. Go for it. <laughs> okay. Number one is November because that's Ooh. my birthday and also my favorite holiday. Thanksgiving. Of Can course. I also just say my number one was November as well? Like early November is perfect. The seasons are it's changing. Really nice. yeah. Basketball season's in full swing. Yep. And football, football season's season in full is swing. coming to yep. an end. Uh, and you can you hit winter and fall all in one season, and Thanksgiving's mm-hmm. the best holiday. It so. actually is. And if you're someone that puts up Christmas decor- decorations before Thanksgiving, I've probably mm. yelled at you before. Yep. Uh, our, our family house rule was always the Christmas tree goes up Friday. Yeah, Friday and that's fine. And that's that's always what it did. It, it worked. You know, you had that day off of work anyway, so we spent the day doing that mm-hmm. together. Nick, wh- what's your number one? Month? Number one month. E- everyone's in on this, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, not just a birthday. I wasn't prepared. Oh, man. Um, November? I really like June. June? Uh, Ooh, That's all right. my sister's Why June? birthday. Well, I'm a teacher. It's my first uh, month of summer. Okay. Yeah. Takes you through the NBA playoffs, NBA draft, leading into NBA free agency. <laughs> if you didn't know, Nick's a big NBA guy. No, really? Yeah. Uh, number two. Okay, number two is October. Okay. Because that's, like, very nice weather, both in Arizona and here in Boise. Because in both places, that's when it's first cooling down a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's not as hot. But um, in Boise, it won't get super cold yet. In Arizona, it's just, like, not hot anymore because <laughs> it's still pretty hot. You have to walk. So in winter in Arizona, you have to, like, walk into school with a sweatshirt and jeans. But mm-hmm. then you have to change at lunchtime into short and tank top. Oh, okay. Come on. You're, you're Arizona. Like, you go to school in September. It's 120 degrees all day. Exactly. <laughs> like, I'm from... But that's what I'm saying. It's but October. But that's how Boise is, though. But October... In both places is when it starts to, like, chill out a little bit. Right. That's fair. That's fair. What's your number two over there, Nick? Hmm. Um, I don't know if I put that much stock into the differentiation between months. Well, but that's what the segment's all about. Right, right, it's taking, right, 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 It's right. taking ridiculous topics <laughs> and sure. ranking them. Sure. I, I support it. 
I mean, hey, come on. Just today we were ranking the worst NBA fan bases. And the best. And the best. Um, shout out shout out Mavs fans. Shout out Mavs fans forever. <laughs> and um, and sad Suns fans. Yeah. Are you a sad Suns fan or a Devin Booker well, there's fan? No, there's no happy Suns fans. <laughs> well, no. It's the Devin Booker we're stage. Just like, wait- well, we'll compete for the eight seed this we're year. We're just like, waiting for it to get better eventually. Robert Sarver sell the team. The only good sports team we have in Arizona is – kind of good sports team is the Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks are decent. So, go D-backs. Cardinals have Cliff Kingsbury. They've got Kyler Murray. A lot of excitement. Yeah. And a 2-14 and record on the way. Uh, <laughs> all right. Um, I really look forward to August. Ooh, okay. August is good. All right. Do elaborate on this. Um, I like my job quite a bit. I'm, you know, get to see my kids for the year and get started and have way more energy in August as a teacher than I do, you know, as in, the year goes yeah. on. <laughs> That's so fair. And, and, you know, school starts about two, three weeks into August, so it's not a full month and enjoying the last bit of summer. Yep. And for similar reasons, that's why I had September as my number two. I, I did go September because that's the start of football. Yep. So it's, it, w- September is the start of the calendar year in my books because that's when football season starts, and that is the first that's official. All you care about. It's the first official month of sports season. I do love basketball, right? L- like, let's be clear here. The year ends like the first week of July when NBA free agency happens. That's that's the end of my year. I take a break the last little bit of July going into August, September hey, we get sh- started. Shout again. out the women's national team though. That's true. Oh shout out God. the women's national team. That was so exciting. I was sitting in the airport waiting to come back when they scored their first goal and it was like insane. We got it. Absolutely uh, insane. Hot take. Megan Rapino shouldn't have won the uh the Golden Ball award. She was not the best player for America this tournament. See, I didn't pay that close of attention. Who are you attention, saying, Alex so. Morgan? No, 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 definitely not Alex Morgan. Uh, Rose Lavelle for sure. Oh, Rose, yeah. every single, every single game, Rose was there. She was creating. G- give me Rose. G- give me Tobin Heath. Before. Shout out Tobin Heath forever. Yeah. Tar Heel. Also, Tar also, Second, there's like five. There's Tar-Hills five, five on Tar Heels, and yeah. the and the coach of the Netherlands also Tar Heel. Wow. Uh, I uh, my my other hot take. She shouldn't have won the Golden Boot Award, which is just who scores the most goals. But she did. You can't take no, away no. the PK Here's goals. Here's why. Here's you why. Can't take away the PK oh, goals. Penalty right. goals shouldn't count. But they do. Why? You can't, you can't just okay. take that away. That, okay, those are like some of the hardest goals to make. No, you. Okay, no. Those are so stressful. Yo, it, but this like the science is clear here, right? That you are much more likely to score on a penalty than any other okay, kick in soccer. Okay, and I get that, but those are like so stressful. But okay, okay, but she, did you she watch? She scored six goals. Did and you watch the one that the uh, U.S. goalie blocked? The penalty mm-hmm. kick against England. Oh, against England, yeah, mm-hmm. incredible, incredible, absolutely insane. That was like that the was first... the most hype moment of. Oh yeah, the like you know when you're far. watching a TV show and you get really emotional because you want something like so bad for the characters and right. then you cry with them. Sports. I cried with them. Yeah, no, this is this is our lives as sports fans. Like we, yeah. By by the way, if you're listening to this, this is as the Russell Westbrook trade is going down, and we're just. They're not even paying attention we're, we're to me. We're both a just, little bit upset. They're literally, right if now. you obviously you guys can't see right now, but they're literally just texting each other across the table. I'm sitting here talking. Been texting him. I want to make that clear. No, I that's true. Been like twelve him. other people have been texting me about this trade. It's, it's I'm sorry. That's fair. Uh, well, maybe 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 we'll have an NBA podcast here soon, and we'll we'll just break down oh all free agency. Here's I want to do the pre- I want to do the NBA preview podcast. Yeah. That that's that's my game plan. Uh, finally, uh, number three. On our list of months. Okay, yeah. either March or May. Because... Yeah, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. No honorable mentions. You have to pick one. <sighs> you got to pick one between March and May. And there's 
a pretty obvious answer here between these two. Okay, well, May then. Okay. Explain I, why. Okay. Out of the two, because there's so much more exciting things that happen in May, like you're getting out of school, summer's starting. For me, like, I've had a job since my freshman year of high school working as a lifeguard. Right. And so that's when my job's, like, officially restarts again, and I start getting paid, which was super exciting for me. Now, since I have my big kid job, I just work year-round, and so that's not as exciting. I don't know but what like, like. Cinco yeah. <laughs> de Mayo is super fun. And Cinco de Mayo, over, overrated American holiday. Yeah. That's my take, yeah. Absolutely, it, but it's... It's, a, it's in the big three of overrated American holidays. But it's still fun to just, like... That's another big three we can do. Sorry, continue. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, still just, like, stuff to celebrate, you know? And, like, graduation season... That's true. Um, Which I didn't graduate till like June twenty second from high school. Oh, then that sucks for you. I think we were the last high school. You were telling me that. That is awful. I'm so sorry for you. Yeah. But I didn't have to deal with that. I my okay my my senior May was like the best May ever because we had like senior ditch day the first week. Nice. And then the next weekend we had a prom. Okay. And then the next weekend we got out of school early or like there was some other event that was super fun. And then the Wednesday after that we graduated. It's a big it's a star-studded four weeks. Right yeah. There. And so then we had like spirit week and assemblies. It was like, it was great. Yeah. It was the best May of my life. I like it. Living on the high life. All right, Nick, where are you at? December. December. Okay. Tell us why. Halfway point through year. The school year anyway. Um, love Hanukkah, love Christmas. Love Hanukkah. Do you celebrate Hanukkah? No, but I, I, do. I love people that do. I love people Thank you. Uh, also, December 15th, very important day. Sure. Yeah. Do you know why December 15th is important? It's when all of the free oh, agency true. signs right. get traded. Right. When D'Angelo Russell gets traded to the Timberwolves. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So we, we love December. I, I'm going with March on my third favorite. Here's why. Uh, March, you get spring break. Right? Yeah, and you that was one of my main reasons. Right. March is fantastic. You get you get spring break. The weather starts to get good. Mm-hmm. You, that's when you See, first start that's why turning it's up. A, that's why it was kind of Changing time of the seasons is, like, fantastic. That's another Big plus fan. for October. For yes, totally agree. Yeah, I, 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 I wasn't sure whether to answer these questions. Okay, we don't have that Florida in or it's just Idaho. Like, as a cute. Right, but, like... Growing up in Florida, I, like there weren't yeah, season you don't changes. Have, like, there was seasons. there was no seasons. Yeah, you just get in to Idaho, stare. I love October for, for the weather. Yeah. I love March for the weather as oh, well. Yeah. yeah, and so and so you have that, but then also the beauty of March is skiing still good. I can go ski, but I can also go hang out on beach. I haven't been skiing in like five years, oh, and I feel like I would definitely break something at this point. So. Wait, like break break like a, a bone or break like. Probably my back. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? That's fine. You don't need that. <laughs> we, we don't have to worry about that. Okay, so you we, try telling my coach that. So we, we've got our top threes then. By the way, very excited to have Kelsey. Love yeah, Kelsey. we love Kelsey. She's great. Shout out Kelsey. We'll send her the podcast. Yeah, we'll I think she follows <laughs> me on Instagram. So I don't know how Kelsey, or why. we love you and we appreciate you so much. Yeah, she's I fantastic. Hope you're listening. And she, she turned in her P-card statement before I sent her email about it. So shout out you, Kelsey. Um, <laughs> so we've got, I, I had what? No, November 1, October 2, and uh, March, 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 March 3rd. March, May. And you had, yeah, you were November, way. October, May. Mm-hmm. And you, Nick, you were 
June, August, December. June, August, December. Okay. So I think we're all in agreement then that uh, November's the best month. So uh, thank you all very much for listening. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. Very insightful conversation. Thank you so much for coming on, Bryn. And thank you, Thanks Nick, for, having me. for coming on and co-hosting with us. Always a pleasure. Uh, we, we miss Tyler, but it made my life a lot easier having someone else here so I can both kind of produce and, and host. But you guys don't care about that. You just care about the content that comes out. And hopefully you enjoyed it. We love you all so much. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Thank you.